We basically live right now. Well, I want to welcome you guys. Uh, this is pretty. Uh, this is something pretty new that I'm doing. Uh, welcome to the man cave. Yeah, let me move this camera here really quick just to make sure that it's pointing the right way. Um, I'm sorry. I know the room is a little messy. I literally just got a bunch of new things that I bought myself for Christmas on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And we're here, you know. I feel good buying stuff for myself, you know. I buy stuff for my wife. I buy stuff for my daughter. I buy stuff for other people. And it feels great to buy these new tools and things that are going to help me bring a special message to you guys watching. So I'm trying this new thing. I got two different angles. So I got you guys looking right here and then you guys looking over here. And just to give you a little perspective on how everything here in the man cave looks i call it the man cave because my wife called it the man cave everybody calls it the man cave but hey this is the sila podcast you know what i mean y'all remember these sounds this is from the sila podcast so i'm so excited to have you guys here thank you for tuning in i have something special that i just wanted to share let me get my bible And my phone. Also got these uh, these in-ears. Amazing. I don't have to depend on like big headphones all the time, even though I love my headphones. But, you know, sometimes I just want to wear something smaller, more comfortable. Having a hot chocolate. We had a great, amazing Christmas with the family. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas as well. Um you know, every year, well, my, I have a two-year-old daughter, so she definitely enjoyed this Christmas. She was very excited to get all those presents from everybody. Her aunts were spoiling her. My parents were spoiling her, her grandparents, and my wife and I obviously spoiled her. So, you know, we are super excited. I hope you guys had a great one. Uh, you know, every Christmas, every year, I just keep getting reminded over and over that Christmas is not about how many gifts I can buy for other people or how many gifts are under the tree. At the end of the day, what really matters is if we carry the true gift of humanity in us, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship with the Son of God who was born in a major 2,000 years ago, God decided to humble himself and become a fetus inside of the womb of Mary. He, he basically came down his throne and his glorious position as God, the God who created the universe, who created existence, space, matter, and time, and he decided to come down and be born and come to the earth in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. So I just, you know, beforehand, before we begin, I just want to acknowledge what Christmas is about. It 
It's not about gifts. If you have gifts, if you didn't get gifts, if you were able to buy somebody a gift, if you weren't able to buy somebody a gift, listen, Christmas is really about understanding that the greatest gift given to humanity was the hope that we have in Jesus. So just wanted to throw that in there. During these times, so many people get stressed out, depressed. So many people feel uh, uh, lonely, empty inside. And it's so ironic because, you know, it's supposed to be a, a time of hope and a time of, of, uh, of happiness and joy, right? When we, when we sing all these Christmas songs. But, you know, lately during Christmas and New Year, it's like the suicide rate goes up. Isn't that crazy? You guys ever thought about that? And I just feel like we need to bring back this message of hope that in Christ there is hope. You are not alone and you don't have to wake up every day and be sad. There is a joy that you can experience that goes above all understanding. And that joy is found in Christ Jesus. And listen, if I have to preach it every day of my life so that people can encounter and experience this joy, I will. But I just want to let you know that that joy is reserved for every person that lifts up their hand and makes a decision in their heart and to say, I want to know Christ. I want Jesus to come inside of my heart and I want to make that decision to believe in him and to accept him because I want to know Christ and I want to have a relationship with him. So there's nothing better than that, man. I'm telling you like, depression and anxiety once you have this joy the joy of christ in you it just doesn't exist you know sometimes people are like oh well you're acting like you don't even know what i'm going through and yeah that's you know that's you but you know you don't know what i'm feeling and i'm just like most likely i don't know what you're feeling but what i can tell you is what i am feeling and what i am experiencing and that is the love and the joy of god in my life you know, I, I obviously I've had, you know, right after my wife gave birth, she she had that uh, I think it's called post pop uh, post pop uh, what's it called that depression that women get after they give birth and postpartum or something like that. I forgot what it forgot how you pronounce it. And she got a little she went through a hormonal thing there and she was, you know, experiencing some sort of level of depression for a while. And I thank God because during that time, even though it was very frustrating and in the beginning, I, could, I didn't even understand. I never heard of that term before. Um, I realized that, wow, like. F the biggest struggle for somebody who doesn't struggle with anxiety and depression is other people that struggle with it that you love. You know, it's like. You, you, I, I realized I was in a place. I'm like, wait, well, there's nothing I can do or say to, to, to change that. She, that's just the way she feels. But during the, the process, I learned, you know, the patience of Christ. I learned how to pray and intercede in warfare for that specific thing going on. Because even though it's something that happens in your body and your hormones, um, at the end of the day, what we see is controlled and comes from what we don't see. The natural things comes from the supernatural. So at the end of the day, 
when we pray and when we warfare in the spirit, that has a great authority in the kingdom of God to do great things, to see breakthrough, to see healing. So I had, it was like a year and a half, two years where I was able to be on my wife's side and understand where she was coming from. I didn't understand what she was feeling all the time and I'm not in her shoes. I'm not her. But what I can tell you is I know how I know that sense of hopelessness where you feel like you there's nothing you can do. And that's beautiful and so terrifying at the same time, because that is the same exact place where God finds us when we can no longer do anything in our own strength, when we don't know what to do, when we feel hopeless, that is exactly when the hope of Christ comes in. That is exactly when the power of God comes. When we are weak, when, when we are powerless, that is when the power of God reveals itself and manifests itself. So I just pray over you if you're going through, if you're going through it this season, if you're um, feeling down and depressed, I just want to tell you, listen, there is hope in Christ. This ain't a pity party. God ain't worried about just, you know, manipulating and, and, uh, um, you know, making you feel all good inside emotionally for, you know, just a few minutes. No, you see drugs do that to you. Alcohol does that to you. Uh, weed does that to you. Uh, antidepressants can suppress certain things and help you in certain ways. But the joy of God, the supernatural joy and love of Christ is a real experience and it'll set you free from whatever you're going through. It ain't a formula. It isn't like follow step one, follow step two, follow step three. This is something that you actually have to allow God to do in your life. Want it and be hungry for it. And live it out. It's a process, you know, everything we go through in life has a purpose, teaches us a lesson and increases our threshold and affirms our character, the character of Christ in us. So whenever we're going through stuff, whenever we're going through all these things, we have to understand that there is a purpose behind it and Christ is going to be glorified. So just want to put that out there to you guys. I think it's amazing. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I wasn't even going to talk about this. This is not even what I had in mind, but I, you know, again, I don't want to do this just because of what I want to say. Maybe God is saying it for a reason. You know, maybe you're listening to this because this was for you. Um, and I hope it's a blessing. You know, at the end of the day, that's what I really pray for. I pray that God will use this this way to minister everybody watching. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys really about the weapon of worship. The weapon of worship. So what is worship? I posted a video a couple weeks ago on what is worship. And it was in Spanish. It was uh, during a service, during a Sunday service. Uh, we have a transition. Sorry. I, my eye just started itching. We have a transition and literally um, my eyes itching. I don't like saying um. I'm sorry for saying um so many times. Got to get rid of that. During the transition, my pastors are, well, not during the transition, right before they're like, go do the transition. And I said, great, I'm going to go. I went 
And I felt in my heart in that moment that God wanted to speak about worship. There was just like a spirit and atmosphere of praise and worship in that moment in the room. And I felt like God wanted to release a revelation of worship, you know, and I wanted the room to be aware of that. Everybody in the congregation. Oh, that hot chocolate is good. It's perfect. I think I found the right ingredients to do it anyways. Um, and when I went up, I remembered a story about a revelation of worship that I heard recently, like a couple months ago. And I felt like saying it in the moment and voila, like I basically, if you haven't watched the clip, it's on my Instagram. And basically there was a, a one time a, a man who was praying, I forgot who it was. Oh man, I totally forgot who it was. It was a man of God that uh, closed his eyes and in a, he had a dream. So he went to sleep, he had a dream, and in this dream there's this man of God that just shows up out of nowhere. And this man of God um this man of God goes up to the guy who's dreaming, right? And tells him, hey, I'm going to show you what worship is. And so the man who's having this dream is with this man of God who he admires in the dream. So he's like, wow, he's one of the men of faith that he had, he admires. I forgot who it was specifically. I'm, I'm sure I'll remember like right after this, I'll be like, oh, wow. And this man of God tells him, I'm going to show you what worship is. And he takes him to a room. And the guy is standing in front of him, like, like listening, like, okay, what is worship? And then the guy in the dream that shows up in his dream, he said, I'm going to show you what worship is. Watch and listen. And a guy raises his hand and he begins to say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And he begins to sing, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And the guy's listening. Okay. Like, okay, Jesus, I love you. He's like listening. He's watching, okay, what's the revelation behind worship? And the guy's like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And all of a sudden, the guy disappears. As he's worshiping, he disappears. And he looks around, and he's like, okay, what's going on? And all of a sudden, he wakes up from the dream. And when he wakes up, he's like, God, like, that was weird. I thought he was going to tell me what, the revelation of worship is. I thought he was going to tell me the secret behind worship. And as he said that to himself, he realized like God was like, yeah, he, he, he literally told you what's the secret. The secret is that as he was worshiping Jesus and saying, Jesus, I love you. He disappeared because he lost sense of who he was, where he was and who he was with. And the highest reality in that moment, became Jesus. In the moment that Jesus became the highest reality, he disappeared. You see, the true meaning behind worship is when we can go to a place where we forget who we are, where we are, who we are with. We forget what our problems are. 
We forget the circumstances we're going through. We forget about our depression, our sickness, our pain, our sorrow. We forget about all these things as we're worshiping. When we get to that place where Jesus becomes the ultimate reality, that is when we have understood what worship really is. And worship is so important because it shows me, it shows you where you are spiritually. I can tell where you are in your relationship with God when I see you worship. So it's difficult because one of the most difficult things about worship is not getting distracted. One of the most difficult things about worship is every time that you're in that place, you tend to always ask God for something like, God, give me this, take this away. Give me that. You know, I want to let go of this. I'm sorry about this. Forgive my sins. You know, help me do this. Help me forgive. Give me strength. But in that moment, really what we have to do is worship him and get to a place and go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and, 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 and spend time there, spend time there and go deeper and deeper to the point where you literally lose awareness and you lose the conscience of yourself and it transitions from being aware to yourself to being aware of Christ. He's right in front of you. And it's crazy because when I heard this story, I was like, this is the revelation. Like, this is what, this is what the people need to hear now. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because I just, I, I, I totally forgot that our services are recorded live. So I went back and I saw the live recording and I saw that little part and I'm like, oh man, I got to clip this and I got to just post it on my Instagram. I think it's going to bless somebody, you know, even if, you know, a couple hundred people see it, it's, it's good enough. And lo and behold, I think right now it's at 50 something thousand views, like 5,000 something likes and people just, it went crazy. There is something there that touched the heart of people. I mean, it could also be the algorithm, you know, I'm not tripping about that. If it was the algorithm, praise God. Shout out to the algorithm of Instagram. Shout out to me posting that video, but none of my videos are even close to 50 some thousand views. I didn't put any hashtags. I wasn't trying to go viral. I wasn't trying to put something that was going to be popular. I actually don't even like the quality of the video because the way I clipped it and the way I cropped it out, it was just weird. And I put an effect there and it, it doesn't even look pretty. It doesn't look like really good quality. And, but I'm happy about it. It was great. You know, I think it was amazing. And, um, the moment it blew up, I felt like, wow, there's something here. I got a lot of feedback, uh, just because of that one post, I got like over 500 new followers. So shout out to you guys. If you're watching this, if you understand English, because a lot of them were Spanish speaking only, um, followers. And I just wanted to touch on the subject of worship because I feel it's something that's really, um, moving in the hearts of our generation in the hearts of people even watching 500 new followers you know i'm not into followers or how many followers i got but when there is feedback from people and when people are hungry and they respond to something i tend to go that route uh and minister more when people are hungry to receive in that area and where, where i see god moving so, you know, unless God tells me otherwise, then I do something else, you know, but 
I felt like God was speaking directly. And the reason why I want to talk about on the on the subject of worship is because worship is a weapon. Worship is one of the weapons that God has given us. And worship is a weapon because every time that we are ultimately aware of Christ above everything else, that state of being of worship is a weapon to the enemy. Because when we are in that state of being in worship, everything else, there's so many things that just begin to crumble down. There's so many things that begin to break, so many chains that begin to break. And, and I would even there say that a worship is like a therapy to your soul because worship doesn't change God. Like there's this notion where people are like, oh, yeah, worship is going to cause God. Yeah, I mean, I understand what they mean by cause God. You know, worship doesn't change God. Worship doesn't make God, you know, act differently because he feels so loved by you singing to him. No, worship is not even singing. That's not even the definition of worship. But what worship does is that it heightens your awareness of God and it takes you to a place where you are transformed because you are beholding God face to face. So worship doesn't change God. It transforms you. Yeah, you that are watching. It transforms you and it causes something to be awakening your heart that was sleeping or dormant worship causes chains to break chains of insecurity the fear of man unforgiveness depression things that you were holding inside for many years worship begins to just take that all out like a cleaning like like when you are cleaning a gutter or something that's clogged up worship just begins to take all that out do a deep cleaning. And when your heart is uncluttered, your heart tends to be more sensitive and more open to the things of God. Sorry, excuse me. It's a little cold here, so um, I got a little bit of allergies because of the, the cold front that came. So... I want to touch on the weapon of worship because this is so important that we worship God daily. Listen, no matter even if I'm not, if I sometimes don't have time to pray the way I want to, if I sometimes don't have the time to uh, uh, intercede and go into spiritual warfare the way I want to, there's one thing that I'll tell you that I will not miss, and that is my worship time. There's one thing that I won't miss, and that is my worship time. You ain't going to catch me slipping in that. I will worship God every single day of my life, no matter how I feel, no matter what I'm going through, whether I'm sick, whether I'm sleepy, whether I'm tired, whether I'm awake, whether I'm hungry, whether I'm full, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, whether I'm depressed, you will always catch me worshiping God some way, somehow. I will miss anything else except worshiping God. So worship is a weapon. That could be used in times when the enemy attacks or times when we're feeling down or 
maybe as life just brings a certain circumstance that we it's out of our control worship is a weapon worship becomes a weapon worship becomes therapy worship becomes a place where you take refuge in god where you find strength in god you know worship becomes a place where you can really say lord you are here and i'm not i'm not alone and i'm feeling your presence right now and i'm beholding the beauty of your glory and as long as I'm here worshiping you, nothing else can affect me the way it would affect me if I wasn't here. So with this, I want to close. There's a story of a, a man I just heard a few days ago, a story of a, a man from Finland who was in the army as a teenager. This man... Went to the army, I think it was for like a year or two. And after he was uh, discharged from the army or finished, you know, his time there, he asked permission to keep using the same rifle, the same gun he was using in the army and practicing with. I think it was like a sniper gun or some sort of like rifle sniper. I'm not I don't I don't know guns, but it was it was a specific gun that he used during that time in the early 1920s. And this man was a farmer. Simple guy, simple man. And by 1939, there was a Russian invasion during winter in Finland. And this man, for about 10 or 12 years, he had his gun. And after going to the army, he took his gun home and practiced every single day. He didn't just go to the army and put his gun down. He became a hunter he also, um, I read in an article that he would go frequently to certain shooting competitions. And what's crazy is that right when nobody expected it, the Russians decided to invade Finland. And this man was one of the first ones that signed up and volunteered to see, to be like, you know what, I'm going to fight. And one of the most extraordinary things that I've heard in my life, this man was asked if he wanted a modern upgraded sniper because he he loves shooting so they call them the magic shooter um and it was during winter snowy the mountains it was the weather was awful they decided to invade in the worst moment they could uh so they were in big trouble they were outnumbered um they had better weapons better guns everything so they asked him if he wanted to upgrade to these new guns. And he said, no, I'm going to stick with my gun because this is the same one I've been using for 10, 12 years, practicing all the time. And I've gotten really good at it. Not only that, he be- he became a sniper during that confrontation when they started invading. And he decided to take off the scope from his sniper. And he decided to just use the gun with the normal iron sight instead of using the scope. And this man, let me tell you something. He fought for 100 days. For a hundred days, this man who in Finland they called the magic shooter, the Russians ended up calling him White Death because this man killed 500 Russians in a hundred days during the invasion. He did it without a scope because he didn't want to be seen with the sun reflecting the scope. He was hiding. He would he would he dressed in all white so he could camouflage with the snow. And at the end, a bullet 
he was shot by another sniper and the bullet pierces his face and they had to do reconstructive surgery in his jaw. But what what's the moral of the story? What, where do I want to go with this? When we neglect the spiritual weapons that God has given us like worship, there's many more, but I'm just talking about worship. When we neglect the spiritual weapons that God has given us, we won't know how to use them the day that the enemy wants to invade our life. It could be in our relationship. It could be that he wants to invade my marriage. He could, he might want to invade my emotional life, right? My, he, he might want to invade with depression and anxiety. He might want to invade because I, uh, maybe uh, I, I lost a loved one. Uh, somebody died tragically. Maybe somebody betrayed me. You know, the enemy comes and, and brings these things in different ways and forms. Sometimes it's not the enemy. Sometimes it's life. Life just happens. But when we neglect the spiritual weapons of God, when these, when the evil day comes, when the bad days come, we won't be ready to use these spiritual weapons effectively. And I want to say this because when I heard this story, this is one of the things that I just felt in my spirit. And I'm just like, oh, God. We need to get good at using, at using our spiritual weapons. We need to become true worshipers in spirit and truth so that when the enemy comes, we are ready. We worship God because he's God and he's amazing and I want to know him and I want him to know me and I want to know him every single day of my life and I want to be close to him. That's like I worship him because I love him. But when we become good, at understanding the weapon of worship, I promise you that when the enemy comes and invades your life, you're going to be just like that shooter, that sniper. And to make a long story short, he lived until he was 97 years old. He died in 2002. Look him up. Look, you can Google this. What's the moral of the story? And what do I want to get with before I leave? That... You should never neglect the weapons that God has given you because when the enemy comes to invade, you won't be ready to respond. You will respond in the totally, complete opposite way that you should. You're going to go run and cry to your boyfriend, girlfriend, your wife, your husband. You're going to go cry to your pastor. Most people don't even go to their pastor. Unfortunately, you're going to go cry to your friends and ask for advice in the wrong places and, there's not going to be any real discernment there or wisdom, but instead you should run to the arms of God. Worship him. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't get counsel or you shouldn't talk to somebody. No, you should always. But there are priorities. And when we go to God first, we show our priorities and we show our dependence of God. Right? Our dependence in God. So... We need to become true worshipers in spirit and truth. And we need to get good at, at using this spiritual weapon to be ready. Because when the enemy comes, there's nothing and no one that will be able to stop us from worshiping God. From getting close to him and finding our refuge, our peace, and our strength in that source. Which is the best source ever. The one who fulfills us, who satisfies our soul who takes away the loneliness and the void in our hearts. That's him. And that's the place. That's the weapon. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this was a blessing. Thank you for joining me for these 30 minutes that we've been here, more or less. 
I hope you guys were blessed. Until next time.